97X, the future of rock and roll with Susie the Banshee. Also heard from the Beat Farmers with California Kid and R.E.M. with Stand. Speaking of standing, don't forget this weekend. It's a weekend of peace, love, and music at a day in Eden. A wholesome Goo Goo Dolls playing along with the Judy Bats and reggae from the Wailing Souls. It's a great time in Eden Park in Cincinnati this Saturday. All brought to you by Cinemats Rock City, Budweiser, and your Oxford Kroger Save-On. Should be a great... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry sorry Uh to interrupt, but uh, Day in Eden ain't happening. Sorry. Yeah. Paradise Lost, we could call it. Because you actually mentioned the lineup, though, from Day in Eden... 1993. How did it all come about to get Wailing Souls, Judy Bats, and the Goo Goo Dolls to perform this? Anybody got any backstory on this? <laughs> would, have, would have taken a lot of work from the record companies and you know the station to get those bands together. Um, the Judy Bats were hot at the time. Goo Goo Dolls were coming along. And Wailing Souls was looking to get some place to play. So I, I think that's how it worked out. I mean, obviously, the record companies contributed a lot to making that happen. But, I mean, you know, credit the folks at Day in Eden for helping out. And I, I know that probably Julie Maxwell, who's not on the call, and Phil Manning and everybody else with their connections with the record company made it happen. And... Uh, yeah, you know, I think that's the backstory uh, to how it happened, but uh, just a lot of cooperation and trying to get uh, you know 97X in Eden Park for the day. We had the show lined up. Were so we booked the acts? Did we have to do the writers and did we have to do all that stuff? I mean, we, we were the we were everything. Yeah, we promoted. Um, I believe we were. This was the first concert that we ever actually produced from bottom up. Uh, from the riders to everything else, because I, obviously we ordered all the food for the bands, ordered everything that they had on their riders, and you know that sort of thing. Had it in the dressing rooms in the pavilion there, and uh, so yeah, I would think that we took care of all of that uh, going into the show. And obviously there were <laughs> several things that didn't work out that day, but uh, yeah, I think we took care of all that. Okay, so what a writer is, is what the band requires as far as sound, any food, uh, how long their set's going to be, how much they're going to get paid, etc. Did anyone read the fine print on the Wailing Souls writer about the food? <laughs> did, did, it, did anyone do that? No. Uh, right. Apparently not. No, apparently not. Yeah, the, so uh, what happened is, this is the rumor, there was meat and uh on the veggie tray or there's veggies on the meat tray or the cheese tray and the band was not going to perform without that and hot tea am i correct yeah yeah, you are correct the band showed up looked at the meat and cheese tray and said no the meat is touching the cheese we cannot eat this more of the, the meat touching the veggies uh it may have been i'm not sure but something was touching something else that they couldn't eat. And they requested tea, I think, in the rider, which we had, but they wanted hot tea. And that meant we're all at Eden Park and we all have jobs to do. The only person with reliable transportation to get around the mount is Rob Irvin on a bicycle looking for a place to sell hot tea. Mm-hmm. And so Rob 
God bless his soul. He was out there getting hot tea for Whaling's. Their show, though, went without a hitch. Am I correct? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I performed mean, absolutely fine. They got up there and played, and it went great. Do we remember how many people attended that? I do remember it being very crowded. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't have an attendance figure or anything, Dave. But it, it was. It was very crowded. We weren't. Yeah, in that we were down by the fountain itself. It was not in the pavilion. It was down, you know, on the field. And then, and then we had like a uh, the bands and everything had to get ready like kind of far away. If I remember, they're like yeah, dressing they had to go rooms. Up to the pavilion dressing room up there to get ready. Unless you were the Judy Bats or Goo Goo Dolls that had their own bus and you know they were ready to go. So the Wailing Souls, that's because I remember that room. Because we all kind of hung out at that room as well, too, if I remember yeah. correctly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then the uh, second band was the Judy Bats. How many albums they had no, out? the second band was the Goo Goo Dolls. Yes. Yeah, Judy Bats. Oh, that's, right, that's, right, that's, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's the basis of the whole story. Yeah, the yeah, Goo Goo yes. Dolls were the second band. Yeah. In fact, the uh, Goo Goo Dolls did not have a uh, tour bus. They had a van with a large trailer with their yeah, equipment right. yeah yeah that's my recollection too yep and yeah. they came from buffalo like that morning good they had a driver for the van because quite honestly the two of them when they showed up weren't in very good shape okay so the the goo goo dolls go on second uh i'll tell you my part of the story here in a second i want to get everybody's story uh let's start with Romy. what did you remember and recall of the goo goo dolls so i remember they had a, a time slot and that uh, the Judy Bats were to go on, and Joe and I were standing behind the sound tent, which was to the side of the stage, and they played an extra song, and they, the sound guys cut him off mid-song, and uh, Robbie, who's a shorter guy with the long hair, and they both performed barefoot. He threw his bass up in the air, went on a beeline right for the side, uh, for the sound guy and, and jumped on the sound guy's back. My recollection of the story is Joe said, Robbie, what are you doing? And so we tried to break him up, and I'm sure Joe did most of the work because um, I was just standing there with the, my jaw on the ground. <laughs> well, it's probably my my favorite and best 97X memory. But uh, my connection to Dan Eden and my memory of that is really just around the Goo Goo Dolls. Kind of take a quick step back. Uh, I loved the band at the time. I had seen them uh, in Cleveland uh, at the Agora Theater just a few months prior to the day in Eden, and I just couldn't listen, couldn't stop listening to the Superstar Car Wash album. I just played that thing to death on my Sony Discman, I believe, at the time. And so when I heard that they were a part of this outdoor festival, uh, as an intern, I said, well, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to meet this band or be around the band. It doesn't matter what you tell me to do. I'll just do it. And and my wish was granted. So I was, I guess you could say, assigned to them for their part of the day. Um, my memories, of course, are a little bit fleeting, but I still, I can kind of conjure in my mind them showing up three guys in this band. The Google Dolls then were very different than they are today. You know, they were a classic punk rock sort of replacement style band back then, which is probably why I like them so much. A great live act. They rolled into Cincinnati in the van and uh, their manager uh, said that they were 
driving back to Buffalo, their hometown. They had ended a couple of weeks on the road. So they looked kind of ratty and probably were just wanting to get home. Um, and he said they picked up, if I remember, they picked up this day and Eden thing literally at the last minute on the way home. Um, so Romer and I were in charge of their catering, uh, whatever their writer was, which involved a couple of cases of beer and some cigarettes and uh, maybe a bag of Doritos or something. So we had to go get that, and we did. And for me, it was just really a great opportunity, you know, uh, as disheveled as they were, just to meet them before the show, hang out with them. They were real down to earth. And so, uh, of course, I probably pestered them with a, a bunch of questions. But I talked to them. They played their set. Uh, my memories on this are a little hazy, but something led to them uh, wanting to get into a start a fight with another band on the bill, as I understand it. Their allotted time got cut into because whoever was on the stage before them went over. But uh, the next thing I know, I've got one of the two of them who are still in the band, and I don't remember who's who either. Johnny Resnick was a bit of a heartthrob or Robbie Takic, who was the bass player. I had one of them in a full Nelson, and I lifted him off the ground to, to try and break up this fight next to the soundboard. So I'm able to say from my Dan Eden experience and 97X intern experience that I got to put one of the Goo Goo Dolls in a full Nelson, uh, in true wrestling style uh, move, and uh, lift them off the ground. They were little guys. They're not, you know, like five feet tall. And uh, I don't know what happened after that, but that's my memory. Okay. We're going to put all these together. Uh, just to, to clarify one thing, they demanded Bush, and uh, Aaron Borns and I had to drive. They don't sell Bush beer anywhere in Mount Adams, so I forget no, where we no, drove no. to find two cases of Bush, so they were loaded on Bush. To fulfill yeah, their writer yeah. responsibilities. They, they, yeah, I mean, they sort of fell out of that van almost like, you know, Spicoli style. <laughs> and that's what was so great about it. I think I was actually, if I, as I recall, I think I was actually standing behind the sound guy on the side of the stage when the Goo Goo Dolls were on stage. And I don't remember what happened, but Robbie, the bass player, um, some, for some something happened, he got infuriated with the 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 sound guy and he basically attacked them and started a fight on the side of the stage. I can't remember if it was during the set, um but I've never ever since then I've never been able to listen to the Google doll the same way. It's uh, all I think about is a this is a a fight on the side of the stage. It, it really was clearly a day day in Eden. Now Jay what what do you remember of the uh, the the Goo Goo Dolls experience? Uh, it, it all happened very fast. One second they were on stage, they were playing, it was great, and next thing, yeah, Robbie is running, attacking the sound guy, and it was uh, crazy. And then you, Phil, what, 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 what do you remember of the uh, Goo Goo Doll show? I, well, I, I, I thought I remembered, I think it was Robbie Goo saying, we got to get off the stage for the bleep, bleepy Judy Bats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then that kind of, uh, that, that kind of spurred things on, on from there. 
and, um, and they were still I mean they're still in their obnoxious punky stage you know this is yeah, yeah. this is right as what superstar car wash was taken on was happening yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so they were uh, becoming the hot ac band that they ended up to be <laughs> right <laughs> and and was it an extra song though or did they start late because we were kind of disorganized and then the sound guy was just trying to get back on to the time slot or they just actually no, it went was on? quite honestly because i was actually at the soundboard uh, their manager was standing in front of the soundboard, but that's that was one of the requirements from a day in Eden is the concert had to end at a certain time. And obviously contractually, we were required to give the Judy Bats so much time. And when they finished their set, I told the I told their manager he had one more song. And I was like, okay, one more song. So he actually held up one finger, said one more song. They ended that song and went right into another. And guys, I hate to admit it, but it's all my fault. I told the sound guy to bring down the sound. <laughs> the manager jumped the, the board. Out. You ordered the code red. <laughs> and I don't even remember Robbie coming that way because I was trying to deal with the manager. But yeah, I mean... Because it took so much time to change between Wailing Souls and the Goo Goo Dolls mm-hmm. and then the Goo Goo Dolls to the Judy Bats, we had to cut them off at some point. And those guys, I mean, I, I think, again, Rowdy Rob Irvin may have been the guy to go get them more beer. Um, the when show. Steve Baker, <laughs> when, I think you made the joke that uh, Steve was driving his basic car because he smoked so many basic cigarettes yeah. that uh, yeah, that right. his uh, spare tire cover was soon to say basic, and yes. he'd be driving his basic Jeep around, yeah. picking up the Goo Goo Dolls. But I was there when um, uh, the, the relish tray, <laughs> the meat tray problem, when uh, the, the reggae band, was Wailing Souls? Who was the reggae band? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, Wailing Souls said... No, I can't have this because look, you've got you got your cheese touching your roast beef, touching ham, which there's just no way in hell. And I think Phil, being very you know hip to things, said, "Dude, just eat the roast beef. You don't have to eat the cheese or the pork if you don't want to." And uh, they were said, "No, but it's touching each other." And, and Jay Foreman had to explain, "Yes, if things are touching, then." And the whole thing is bad. And uh, Johnny Goo, or Robbie Goo, jumping off stage and running up to the sound guy for uh, way too loud and not nearly clear enough and threatening to punch him if he didn't get his, get the sound fixed. I was there for that aspect of it. They were loaded, and you can't blame them. They're rock stars. You know, they do what they do. But, yeah, it was me. I, I literally looked at the sound guy and said, look, you got to bring him down. we got to get him off the stage. And then, Romy, did you and Joe Sampson also go get beer and cigarettes for them? Yeah, I got a, a case of Bush Light and, a, mm-hmm. a, to this day, the only cigarettes I've ever bought in my life, a carton of Basics. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how did you choose that Basic cigarette? I didn't know what to buy, so I asked Bake. Is, is yeah, what it, I remember. it was my cigarette of choice at the time. Who paid for that stuff? Good question. I, I'm sure uh, it wasn't me. I, I could tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is 
him jumping on the sound guy and then I sprinting back to our little home base and finding Phil out of breath. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Was it me out of breath or was it you? And it was me. <laughs> May have been both. So you had to leave your little cocoon there of cooling off because there was air conditioning and had water and drinks there to, to come out and see the uh, aftermath of the show. Yeah, but it was Bake and I hanging on like a field house kind of thing. Yeah. It? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're just uh, kind of uh, recapping the day as the Goo Goo Dolls were already, or the Judy Bats were on stage, right? Yeah. Were they on stage yet? Uh, they may, it was probably during the change. Because I went out as the Judy Bats were playing, and the Day and Eden people were at the side of the stage, and God love our fans, but they were slam dancing to Margot known as Missy. (laughs) (laughs) And she looked at me and said, can you stop this? So I'm stepping into the crowd, and I think Aaron may have stopped in there as well or whatever, trying, come on, guys, it's the freaking Judy Bats. Can you just enjoy the concert? And we finally got them stopped, and everything else after that went fine. Uh, of course, the Goo Goo Dolls signed our poster saying it was a great day in Eden until the Judy Bats showed up. And you know, but it was it was it was a wild day. I'm I'm really surprised that we actually did a concert the next year because it was it was a lot of extra work for everybody involved. Julie Maxwell and the, you know the creative staff, and I mean everybody that you see in the picture. Just put in a yeoman's effort to try and get it done. Now, Jay, what was your involvement? Julie, what was your involvement? Well, um, it's, there may be some blame here because I did get high with Robbie Goo beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> it, it may all be my fault right there. Man. Um, okay. oh, the skeletons are coming out of the closet. Bake order the code red. <laughs> Talk about memories. Or crazy memories. Right. All I remember is Dave running into that field house out of breath going, <sighs> Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> Fight. <laughs> Me and Bake took off like a beeline to go try and help. It, uh, it should be mentioned. I got a nice interview on the hill with Johnny Resnick, obviously beforehand. Before. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. What happened? I can't remember the fight itself. Well, it wasn't much of a fight. I mean, Robbie probably came out, like I said, I don't remember him. I just remember the manager trying to jump over this massive board to turn up the sound again and pushing him back and saying, look, you're done, go on. And it must have been when I was dealing with him that Robbie came up and jumped on the sound guy. Yeah, so Joe and I were standing behind the board. And, yeah, again, Robbie – his hair everywhere and barefoot just jumped on this guy's back. So then, what, the, I, uh, what I didn't know was Bake ordered the hit. So that's <laughs> thirty years later. So did the Goo Goo Dolls then leave in a huff? I don't remember them leaving the property at all. I, I don't know. They went and drank their beer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they went back to the van and started drinking. I, I don't remember them leaving either, because obviously it took a while to load out. So they were there for a while, and I'm, I'm sure in a huff, but, you know, there was, there was literally nothing else we could do at that time. And, you know, so that, that's how it worked out. And, again, with the delays in trying to get loaded in and loaded out between each band, you started pressing against that time, and there was, there was nothing else to do. 
Yeah, yeah, we weren't playing the Goo Goo Dolls a ton at that time. Their Metal Blade no. records were out, and We Are the Normal it just started to happen for us. So in the Judy Bats, we were a couple records in on already and yeah. just had yeah. that better kind of Midwest feel for us right. stylistically. It was an odd triple bill, though. I got you. Got it. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that was a, a strange. And then the next year we did one more year, to say the least. Yeah. And then the next year was who was that? East Plum, I know, was one of the bands. It was a uh, Case Choice. Case Choice. October Project. Yeah, I think we may have had a local. Uh, did we have a local band in there? Or it may have been October Project. Luna, right? Didn't we have Luna? Oh, Luna. Luna. Yeah, yeah, Luna. yeah. I think you're right, Julie. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, and, and again, that one wasn't without some uh, distress, as I think it was the girl from Eve's Plum that got hurt, hurt her neck. Yeah. Did they pull out, or she she ended up she she, she ended up performing, but she couldn't move. Right. She was a trooper, but it was yeah, it was obvious she was in pain. Yeah. But but it was a lot less stressful, and I don't know why we did it a second year to this day. <laughs> Well, and this one was in the pavilion, so you weren't all over the place. Everything mm -hmm. was That's right there. Mm -hmm. All the dressing rooms, everything was right there. So it was a little bit easier. But, yeah, I, after everything that happened the year before that, I, I was totally surprised that we got back there and produced another show. 97X. If you're over 40 and you often go to huge music festivals, you may have found that they're actually not that fun. Standing all day, the heat, the crowds. What if I told you you could be at a concert and sit down? To solve this problem, we're introducing the first phase in virtual participation using drones. You had to be there. The absentee concert goer experience. We wanted to create something beautiful, functional, and durable and something that lives comfortably in your living room. And we did it. It was hard, but we're pretty good. And here's the kicker. When the show is over, you get a certificate signed by the festival organizers saying that you attended the show. Rumblings from the Big Bush.